Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi everyone, uh, and welcome to the first episode of The Good, The Dad and The Ugly. Uh, my name's Seth. The basic premise is to bring you a fairly regular series on being a dad, and more specifically on becoming a dad for the first time, which at the time of recording is about to happen to me. We're about one week off our due date currently, so as we record I've got Tom, the series producer, keeping an eye on my phone uh, in case of emergency. Nothing yet, I assume, Tom? Tom's shaking his head. He's not mic'd up, but um, I think it's fair to say he's the brains behind the podcast. Uh, I should say Tom is a dad already, uh, but he's got another one brewing. Also here in the studio is uh, is Jamie, who is mic'd up. Hello. Um, <laughs> I was gonna, yeah, whether or not that's a good idea, we're, we're about to find out. Uh, but hi, Jamie. Hello. The idea is, is that I'm having a baby very, very well, shortly. Well, you're not having a baby. I'm not having a baby, no. And also, Jamie is having a baby. Again, he's not actually the one having the baby. No, my girlfriend Nat's having a baby. Um, yeah. And my girlfriend is, a, is Alice, just to sort of, um, you know, add to the name confusion that uh, you're undoubtedly experienced during this. Anyway, so the idea with this is that for each episode, Jamie and I are going to be with one other person, a guest, and we'll talk about stuff to do with being a dad or just a parent generally. Also, I think it's like women kind of, their connection with it is a lot, is a lot more intense because they've, you know, they're carrying the baby. So they're, they're always aware that they're going to be a mum because it's there with them every day. You know, they, they're, their body's changing massively. Their hormones are playing up. They're having all these feelings. And that's only 15 weeks pregnant. And so she's not showing at all. Although, you know, she's saying that she's, you know, going through a lot of like feeling tired, headaches, all these different feelings that she's having. But I don't see any of that. So I'm just a bit like still, I'm a bit yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, you're pregnant, and it hasn't. I don't know if it's really hit me, and I, I haven't. And I think that's going to continue. And yeah. it's, you know, it's not as a obvious kind of change for guys. So, so I think our relationship with pregnancy is obviously very, very different to women. What but is the it, thing that that what's is the most sort of mysterious thing to you that you're most sort of terrified about? Is there anything like that? Um, I at this stage, I guess it's quite early, but because one of the things, right? So one of the things mm. that I found terrifying was going for the baby scans. Right, yeah. Have you... Uh, yeah, have you, well... You've done at least one of those now. We've done the 12-week, and that was scary because we went along, and um, and the first thing she said to us was, oh, you're actually only 10 weeks, so we can't do a proper scan, and we can't give you the proper test. And, you know, I'd psyched myself up for yeah. this being, like, the day that you learn everything. And, and you know how you have those moments in the... Uh, you see in the films where they kind of go, and here's your baby, and you look, and it's like... <laughs> 
and you're like, oh my God, this is amazing. Yeah. This couldn't have been more opposite to that. Like literally, she just kind of went, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and you're 10 weeks and we can't really measure anything. And, and Nat had to say, but is everything okay? Like, and she went, oh yeah, yeah, everything's fine. Look, there's your baby, there's the heartbeat and everything. So okay, did, okay, see you later. And we were like, oh, right, oh, that that was it? Yeah. I I, th I found that, I mean, I just like, did they, did so did you go back two weeks later? Yeah, we went back two weeks later and it was a bit better because she kind of, because A, the the, the image is like the, the amount it grows in two weeks. It went from like, looking like a bean kind of shape that you kind of go, oh yeah, that doesn't kind of look like a baby. Yeah. To kind of going, oh my, this has got legs. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. and 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 a head and you can see the features everything like yeah. amazing and that was a bit more like a uh, kind of moment but still it was felt a bit like oh is oh that's it okay yeah. and both nat and i felt a bit apart from on the bus home nat was looking at the picture that she gave us and we both kind of looked at it i looked at her and she just burst out crying the the thing i'm fearing the most i guess the change in mine and nat's relationship to a certain extent, it's something yeah. that at the moment is playing on my mind that I'm thinking we're quite, you know, we're, we're sick, you know, too, you know, we're, we're childless. We live in London. We leave the house when we want to leave the house. We yeah, get yeah, up, yeah, we go, course. you know, and I just, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm positive it'll be fine, but I'm, I'm well, the, I mean, the good thing that, that we, you have mm. and that I have too, is that at the moment, I think that's the reason why I'm not, that scared because I've got friends, quite a few friends already mm. who have yeah. taken that leap before me. Yeah, so. pretty much we're the last. We're the last. The we're last the of our friendship group. Yeah, yeah. To have like like uh, someone that you're going to be hearing a lot of is Bad Dad. He's uh, he's now got two kids, and um, you'll you'll find out why he's called Bad Dad uh, later on. But he yes, and he was the first of us to have kids, and um, and then yeah, everyone's just seemed to follow suit. So it kind of seemed like the thing to do. No, but the other thing I'm I'm kind of I don't know. I mean, I'm sure you have had this is is the kind of the minefield of of conversation topics that you have to step around with Alice and that I've had to do already with Nat is like you like what in what sense? Like talking about like for instance like her weight for instance oh, like, I don't right, think yeah. she's put on weight right now and yeah, and yeah, just yeah. as an example the other day Nat turned to me and she said God I'm really I'm really fat I'm really fat and I went well you know babe it's because it's because you're pregnant. You know, you're, you're going to put on weight. And she went, yeah. no, it's not because I'm pregnant. It's because I've, I'm, I've just, I've just haven't done any exercise and I've been eating loads and I'm just fat. And that's why. And, <laughs> and I was like, right. Okay, cool. Well, you know, all right. And then I didn't say anything else. And then about two minutes later, she couldn't get into her jeans. And she went, oh, it's ridiculous. Fucking, I, I can't, I can't get into these jeans. Like, what the fuck am I supposed to do? This is ridiculous. I went, and I said, well, I mean, maybe start doing some more exercise like oh. that because she had just said that it wasn't because it, yeah. and she turned to me. This is two minutes she after was, she, she was did, setting you up for that, mate. Two minutes later, this is two minutes after she said it the first time. As I said, do some more exercise. She turned to me and went, "It's not because I'm fat. It's because I'm fucking pregnant." And stormed out. And I was like, "You just said, but you, I, oh. I can't fucking win." And so now I'm thinking, "There's I." Just, just don't say anything. Just don't say anything. Yeah, just That's keep what it out yeah. Okay, see there. There we go. We've already learned something. Yeah. Just say nothing. I mean, I got myself in a bit of trouble and it wasn't even to do with Alice. It was to do with another friend of ours who's, who's pregnant. Um, and I had just sort of noticed. Uh, so this other person is, is uh, also pregnant, as I said, but um, much less pregnant than Alice is. And I'd noticed that she was seemed more pregnant. <laughs> 
<laughs> Wicked. But not not. But I mean, she's not because she's not like a fat person or anything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She's not like it wasn't. It was simply like the bump was bigger, yeah, yeah. And, it, and it just occurred to me. And yeah. so I was. I said, although she didn't hear me, I said, "Oh wow, that's amazing! Like you, you actually look more pregnant than Alice does." And I got Alice heard me and gave me a slap Mate. and said, "Women don't like no. people commenting." But then. Loads of people recently have been commenting on Alice being like not that big, whatever. Right. And she hasn't like hit back on yeah, any of them or complained to me. Because they said she's not that big. But if you've gone, oh, Alice, you look fucking No, massive. she said that she, she, her point was no one likes it. They don't even like it if, if, you, if you say that they're a bit small Dude. because it's like it implies something like the baby yeah. is small or something. Yeah, and it's yeah, like yeah. fucking hell. And so, yeah, that, the lesson here is definitely don't say anything. <laughs> That basically sets the tone, I think, yeah, doesn't I it? I mean, got... you know what we're hopefully what we're kind of trying to do. And now that I've got the basics out of the way, let me introduce our guest for this pilot episode. Who, who, who is your daddy and what does he do? We have Ben Ockrent here. Ben is a is a writer, director, playwright, uh, dad, and all round great guy. Although that <laughs> assessment is based mainly on what I've heard from others because we've actually never met uh, before today. So, uh, Ben. Um, Hi. Welcome. Thank you. Um, so you're a dad. I am. How old uh, is your child? He is uh, now n coming up to 19 months. Actually, one of the questions I was going to ask you uh, first off is, was it planned? It sort of wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't something that we were being rigorous about. It's we hadn't. I, I know of friends who've immediately on deciding they wanted to become parents were getting ovulation test kits and were being very precise about it and very thorough with it. We had discussed it and, and had decided that it was something we knew we wanted to do at some point. Yeah. And then kind of uh, just, I, there was, I guess there was a night that was a bit of a turning point. I think we frankly got a bit pissed and uh, came home <laughs> and, uh, and, and consciously decided to stop using protection. Um, right. and just see what would happen. Um, I think the following morning we panicked about that decision we'd made the night before and got the morning after pull and, and chose not to use it because... So you actually paid £25 or whatever it costs for the... Is that... Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, I don't actually... I've never, I've never actually bought one myself, but yeah, I guess so. I think she went out and got one. And uh, only once... We were then in a position to sort of make a, a sober decision about it. Did we really interrogate it properly and decided we wanted to actually uh, leave it in the fate of the biology gods? Yeah, and right. See so what? what so you, you decided that night, drunk, that you would that you should go for it. It wasn't like yeah. A, okay. Right. In a moment of passion, yeah. we decided we just definitely wanted to have a child together. Okay. And that it would be a shame to um, to 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 sort of go on resisting that instinct just for the right. sake of fear, which mm. would probably never go away anyway. Yeah. Um, and then more soberly the next day, really interrogated it properly and decided just to sort of see what would happen. We weren't really being meth particularly methodical about it. We just kept on having unprotected sex. And then I think about four or five months later, we found out we were pregnant. Mm. You, I think you, you've got a similar sort of tale yeah, haven't you to Jamie about that that's kind of that's kind of where it happened with us without the planning part of <laughs> right. it right. um in terms of we kind of decided right okay we're, we've been together for a, a few years and we're like right okay I guess th this is what we want to do but we didn't neither of us really wanted to kind of go okay well let's do that then we just kind of thought okay well let's just kind of you know 
be a bit careless as it were and then never kind of had the planning of the months kind of going you know okay well this this time of the month or anything like that and then as you said it was like it was yeah it, it, sorry careless in as much as you just decided to stop using protection yeah, exactly yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. and just it's not uh, careless that's that's just that is a decision that you made i guess so i just don't put it to myself yeah like that. well this is it this i don't like taking responsibility this, for no my quite actions. and that's i think that's problem. really interesting because also the way that we then look back on it we have very different stories about like how long it took and you know the journey that we went on from that night mm. to having a child and right I, I looked back on it, I think, in that same kind of way as being like, ah, oh, then we just, you know, and then a few weeks later it happens. And, yeah. and she started to be a bit more rigorous with acknowledging how long it was taking and mm. with the way she started to process that, yeah. that length of time. I think I did that, actually. I think I was the one who was kind of going, uh, at, every, at the end of every month, just kind of going, when, when it was clear that, you know, my girlfriend wasn't pregnant, I was always the one at the end kind of going, at first, being like, oh, okay, cool. Thank God. Nothing. <laughs> and then I kind of got to the stage where I was like, oh, okay. Well, that's a bit, oh, okay, never mind. And then I got to the stage of like, well, what the fuck is, what's wrong with wrong. me? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. or, you know, is there something wrong? And then I thought, no. And then I was kind of going, no, because we're not actually trying. We're just being careless. You know, that yeah. was the, kind of the way I kind of. Did rushed. you, did you do, did you go down the road of like thinking about fertility tests or anything like that? No, I don't think I was at that stage. I think it was like, because it was about five months, similar to you, I think it was mm -hmm. about five months. So I didn't really think of it. Because again, we weren't trying. Right. We were just kind of mm. being, you know, having, you know, And whatever. it's entirely possible you just hadn't had sex during those exactly. three, four days of the month exactly. when it's, it's like peak. Exactly. Like, yeah, yeah. But then when we did, <laughs> just to be, <laughs> happened to be the time when we agreed we shouldn't probably do that because Nat had recently taken voluntary redundancy and so decided to not to have a job for a while mm. so we're like well maybe we should stop doing that we're like okay yeah let's stop doing that and then like you we got a bit drunk one night and and um and forgot about that and uh and then but i think i still kind of went well you know uh if it happens it happens yeah and then uh and then yeah happened yeah. just when you least not, when i least it. expected it yeah. like, I, I think also well, i'd like to qualify that putting it down to a sort of a drunken moment makes it sound like it was a moment of irresponsibility and i think what it was, what that did was just sort of liberate us from mm. our fears yeah. sufficiently just to sort of go for it. It wasn't like it was, oh, we, you know, idiot, idiot drunks, it, although we were, we were probably that as well. <laughs> but, it, you know, that w that's not the reason, you know. It, yeah. The reason was just that we felt, uh, uh, you know, a, a sufficient abandon to, like, go for it. And I think that's the thing every, every lot of mates I've spoken to have sort of found, like, Oh, they just don't know how you how do you just find the courage just to do it and go for it and like when are you when do you know you're ready I suppose is like the the sort of the, yeah. the, the phrase that gets branded about and I don't and I I started to realise that I didn't feel especially ready at that moment in time in in many ways not in terms of like my not career wise not domestically like you know not in, even in many in many ways in terms of like my sort of emotional sort of where I was at at that point. Um, I think I just realised that I probably would never be. And yeah. so I might as well get on with it if I, I knew it's funny, that it was the right time with the right person you, in many other ways. Yeah. I, just because listening to you, I think that just describes how a lot of people, but maybe particularly guys, find themselves in this situation. But it, if weirdly, I, I don't know whether this makes me a kind of freak or anything, but it was it was quite different. for I, I My girlfriend, Alice, is um, she's 32 now. She, she started feeling like she wanted to have kids when she turned around 
30. Mm. Um, so it's, you know, a couple of years where we were kind of talking about it. And her sister, who's a little bit older, had um, her first child when she was just, just turned 30. So, she, yeah, she got, got to the age of about sort of 30, 31, 32, and was just like, yeah, I think I'm kind of, I kind of want to do this. And I, I was just like, yeah, let's just do it. Like, mm-hmm. I, I didn't feel like unprepared or like it was a weird, or like I was jumping into it. Bizarrely, I don't know why, but I, I feel yeah. like maybe this is all going to hit me at some point. <laughs> like, probably the day when the baby arrives, I'm going to be like, what the hell have I done? But uh, yeah, I, I don't no, know. You'll why. be far too tired that day to <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. About it. <laughs> do you yeah, think, do you think like, to previous generations, like, I mean, I guess comparatively, we're probably coming at this quite late for us to, to be in our mid 30s, you know being amazed by you know first the first time having a child what i mean but there is a sort of a certain i don't know if it's an immaturity exactly but it's just like we're coming to this later and it's it's kind of interesting that i think like our generation find the, possibly find this even harder yeah than it has been in the past and making a bit more of a meal out of it because i don't know i think we expect to have breath for things to th- for there'd be so many options for us and yeah for everything to still be in front of us and available to us i don't think there's ever been like an assumption or an expectation that we settle down and follow this conventional path and yeah that throws a different sort of complication at at making that decision and going for it i think i think i mean it's certainly you know it's people obviously everyone it's well documented people are having children in sort of western world later and later and i mean i know living in london one of the main reasons for most people doing that is just because of the sheer cost of living in london like you Mm. feel like you need to establish yourself in a career and stuff and actually earn a certain amount of money before you can even dream about having a kid and bringing them yeah, up in London. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Ben, you actually, on that topic, you've, you've actually written a, a play on the whole, you know, idea of, of rearing children. Yeah, it was, well, it was a play called Breeders that was on at St. James's Theatre about two years ago. And it was actually during that play that we got pregnant and my my girlfriend was actually in that she's an actor and she was in the play as well at the same time so it was uh, it was a sort of a, a funny happenstance thing but it was a play the play was about um the journey that a lesbian couple go on uh, trying to conceive right um so it was specifically sort of covered that time frame of them deciding to go for it and and the journey that they have to go on in order to sort of make that happen which is obviously a very particular um challenge um that a lesbian couple would face uh, unlike um a straight couple um just for purely biological reasons obviously but uh so yeah so we we sort of looked into a lot of this sort of stuff at, at the time as right, well yeah. and thought a bit about this and why people want to have children so do you think that that sort of prepared you in some way emotionally for yeah maybe i think throughout like the writing it and rehearsing it though i was in complete denial about all that and was like <laughs> oh no it's not something we're doing yet we're ready for so i don't know only lesbians do this yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, real displacement sort of tactics yeah. but um but yeah, it's something that fascinates me. Yeah, it's incredible that it's something we all feel so well. Not we don't all. That's completely presumptuous. But that so many people feel compelled to do. Yeah, and want to do. And it's actually yeah, what the sort of biological imperative or whatever it is. Mm. Um, my sister. Well, this is again straying slightly off topic. But my sister is actually bucks that that trend. Um, yeah. She's just outright said, "I'm never going to have children," which right. is quite weird. I think. Well, that's the point. most that's the most logical and and appropriate perspective probably i think you know in a in a in a world which is becoming overpopulated and where there aren't enough natural resources to support the burgeoning you know population it, it's really selfish to have children you know isn't it so it's funny it, that, yeah children children are an enormous drain on the environment yeah. um 
on the economy on the NHS. You know, I mean, there's it's not on my pocket. Yeah, but someone's we need some. We need some too. Obviously, we don't want to end. So who should not? How do we decide who should not have kids and who should? China, you know, China made a decision about that and decided to take measures to, you know. But selfishly, I wanted to have my own child first, and, and that is—I sort of realised it was, was quite a selfish thing because mm. I, I kind of want to sh- create a little me that I've sh- that's a part of me and part of my partner that we can sort of share and and love that, that we feel is us, and that's but that's a selfish motive, really. Mm. But I've I've come to terms with that selfishness. Nat <laughs> Nat broke it to me in a kind of a way where she went, I was. I was cl- I was painting the windows and she said, and that's not a euphemism. I was painting the windows right. and she said to me, <laughs> and she said, oh, you got to come look at something. And I went inside and she showed me. And um, Did you know that she'd just done a pregnancy test? Yeah, because I went and bought it the morning, right. that morning. She didn't know. I just went, oh, there you go. Yeah, bought it and thought I'll do it in a week or something. And she came out and, and showed it to me. And I was, I was, and at first I was like, yeah, but, um, yeah, but that can mean anything, right? I mean, that can mean anything. That, I mean, do another one in like a few days and then we'll just see what happens. And then that had to stop me and go, no, 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 no. Okay, okay. You've said, let's see what happens quite a few times in the space of about an hour. Um, I'm, I'm pregnant right now. And that was kind of <clears throat> the moment where I just went, oh, shit. But in a good way, in a kind of, you know. But yeah. um... <laughs> uh, Ben, how do you think uh, knowing that you're going to become a father has changed you or changed you? I went away with a mate to Central America and had quite a hairy experience, sort of near-death experience. And knowing that I was having a child, we sort of did like ramp up what my sense of <laughs> response, self-responsibility. <laughs> we were in Belize and we went to a little island called Key Corker and we went out to a right. little reef on like a tourist boat. That was about, this reef is about three miles off the island. And it, the little, the, the, uh, the guy was sort of our captain threw the anchor overboard and then got in with us to show us around the reef. And we were all swimming for about 20 minutes and looked up and the boat had gone and he'd forgotten to tie the anchor to the <gasps> boat. Oh, what the? So we swam <laughs> back and the anchor was there, but the boat was very, very far off on the horizon. Fuck. And, uh, and we then discovered... <laughs> was he drunk? He wasn't, but he was an illegal tour operator. We then found out he'd taken us to the most isolated spot on the reef because it was the only place he wouldn't get busted for not having oh, a, a license oh, to, to be a tour guide. And so there were definitely what no one coming to find us no like backup plan no one knew so you didn't find him on TripAdvisor. <laughs> well we then one star yeah, but when, when i was swimming those three miles uh well, across, actually, across shark infested kind of serious yeah Fucking um, hell. We, there was there was a really self-preservationist like impulse kicked in where i was like i'm gonna become a dad i can't be that guy who like went off while his while his missus was pregnant and died in, you know, in Central America doing something stupid. So I was like, I what a hero to, though, if you had I was like, I have to do this. So I, I hero. very, I knew I had like a real, like, so like survival instinct kicked in, which I hope, I would have hoped would have been there to some extent previously, but this time I was really like, no, 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 this is about more than me. I have to, I have, you know, this has to be all right. So those sorts of things did start to change. It did just start to feel a bit more like my life was no longer just about me. It was that like I had a responsibility to something bigger than myself that I had to like be all right for. And that sort of yeah. thing starts kicking. Yeah, that makes sense. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. 
That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. One of the things that I was going to ask about as well, actually, is the whole discussion of whether, whether or not you should find out the sex. Mm. Is that something that you debated or did you, were you just... No, we both definitely wanted to find out and we did and we just found out. I'm not sure... I just think we felt like it was hard enough choosing a name, even, like the to half the number of names we had to think about. Yeah, just felt like a, a beneficial thing to to do, so we did that. And I just kind of felt like, yeah, if, if this sort of science is there just to like help to give us info, like to take it. Um, yeah, felt like there's going to be enough surprises on the day oh, without needing like that gender agree more. much more to do with it. But um, but I, I get why some people don't want don't want to do that. But yeah, for us there was no, it was not really a discussion. We were like, we knew what we wanted to find out. And, yeah, we were very much the same with it. But what, you, you're not at the position. No, yet, I'm. I'm we've, well, I've kind of. Yeah, we, we're not finding out. I don't think. Just because hmm, that one kind of would have, if it was down to her, and like just you know, she would have said, "Yeah, I'll find out." Not like with any massive amount of conviction, but whereas I'm quite, I don't want to know. So that's kind of that's gone well. But why? Okay. What's what, what's your thought process? Um, I just think it's quite. I just feel like it's it's like opening all your presents at once. I kind of want to keep one little <laughs> right, present yeah. under the tree. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. just kind that's of have really like roast, that's a really roast in it. Like, yeah. Expectation for what that day's yeah. gonna be like. So, Ben, are you married? I am now. You are now. Okay, yeah. but you weren't at the time. No. Well, I've just got a question about mm. surnames mm. and how that decision is made. Yeah he's taken my surname and we just weren't really into double barrel names and it had to so it had to be one or the other yeah and she didn't mind it it being mine and it weirdly was something that i sort of wanted maybe that's not weird it probably makes sense to a lot of people but yeah, i just i tried to resist those sorts of patriarchal sort of normative yeah. uh, assumptions but it it was I don't know why, maybe it's because my dad was an only child, he said there were no other, I don't have any other uncles with my surname that were carrying it down, I've only got a sister, it kind of was, if if we hadn't, then the name would have gone away, and I and I just didn't really want that to happen, but that's another, I, it's interesting, like, the amount of sort of s- s- soft sexism that sort of comes out during pa- during parenthood, that like, friends many male friends who absolutely assume the kid's going to have the dad's surname like what, why would that you know get quite yeah. passionately angry if that wouldn't be the case like what would be what are you talking about like do you know people who actually got angry about it i know people who would i think i have friends who were like like of course he's going to have my surname what are you talking about and would get quite defensive if that became a quite questioned and uh Fuck yeah no, which is a weird no, but there, and, there's, and this is true. In, and I find Tucker I mean, being a good talk, one to get rid of. To we be could fair. talk for ages about this because I, I think like and and then this sort of stuff comes up quite a lot. Those assumptions about who's responsible for it, who's going to plan childcare, who's going to go back to work, who you know, who's going to change the nap. Like, there's a lot of like slightly covert sexism that just gets in there somehow mm. because it's not challenged. And, yeah. Um, 
it's quite an inch it's, it's a really interesting one that you talk at length about so you're definitely in on the nct you've I been think convinced so but i think i might only do like one of those crash courses what, what is that <laughs> oh what you mean like do it for like a whole weekend well, i think so maybe just one weekend just do it get it all yeah but do you know what we found out the other we found out like, we thought it was free oh right no no it's like a few hundred quid yeah i mean if it was free it would be a no-brainer Right, someone's going to give yeah. you some like, information. It's a lot of time. It is a lot of time. To spend in a room. Having a, a sort of a group of people who who going through it all at exactly the same time, who may have experienced mm. bad things or good things that become like a sounding board or, or like a, I don't know, like a, re, a resource basically of, of, of experience, which is um, which can be quite helpful. Part of the reason, obviously, that I guess people, we have this now, this whole kind of thing, is because of the um, sort of slow deterioration of the whole kind of mm. family and community and, mm. yeah and you know there was a phrase it took, it took, takes a village to raise a child i mean we yep. you know most people well, we're not living in a village in london and like come to holloway mate very villagey vibe very villagey vibe yeah but it's true you know you, it's again this is like quite a modern thing that you expect to just like be alone in your house and doing a great job of raising this kid just yeah. you just the two of you maybe like you know how many of us live very near our parents now like you know once upon a time you'd have been able to depend on them being around all the time to help you out and it can be it can be really isolating mm. now yeah. even if you have friends around you chances are you can't depend on your friends just to pop over and look after baby or which you can't expect of your NTC group either but like to have people who are, are really genuinely interested because they're going through something similar yeah. at that moment and aren't actually just at work with sort of their own understandable like concerns and priorities yeah, but, yeah it's a good point yeah. oh i'll do it i'm sold you're in you, you might in. learn some stuff as well you oh, i'm sure one of the main points of this podcast i suppose this this series is for me to kind of learn about the things that i need to learn about one of them you know is is to do with you know the things that i should be doing and as an example the perineum massage um, which if, if those people who are listening may not have heard of this. I have no idea. You don't know what it is? Nope. Um, ben, do you want to describe what it is? Uh, so do you, know, do you know what the perineum is? I think so. It's the bit between yes. the genitals and the anus. Yep. Uh, the gooch, as we call it at uni. Mm. The gooch. So no, carry on. They should just change it to the Gooch massage. I think so. so obviously tearing, like vag- vaginal tearing is a thing that yep. happens, can happen during yeah, childbirth. Yeah. And uh, that's the bit that, as I understand it, that can tear. Uh, so perineum massage is massaging the perineum, which you, you can get like oils to do. And what it involves is for about 15 minutes. Is it... F- that- Hang no. on a minute. Five minutes? <laughs> Five yeah, minutes. Uh, well, shock I, well, in your face. <laughs> no, because I've been doing it. Because obviously you've, you've, you did it. I have done it. I have done it. Yeah, so I, I've been doing it. Five, um, how, five minutes. N- no, One minute. Four minutes. You get tired. My fingers get very tired. <laughs> and I, I appreciate that that sounds very, very pathetic. But I do My actually have... have I do actually fingers. have like kind of a mi- mild sort of arthritis in my hands. <laughs> Jamie's laughing. It's actually true. Um, so, like, four minutes is actually fine, I found. That's well, fine. F- four minutes, now, How I did you it. learn to do it? Oh, you poor thing. Oh, re- did you watch a video? Is... I think I watched a did YouTube you watch video. A video. I should have watched yeah. a video because I just read the, the sort of paper instructions. That should, that they that's give on you. YouTube. Uh, yeah, no, I, yeah there's a, I think it's a YouTube thing. I think that's where I watched it. And, um, I think that'd so be you, bad. But you, you, and, but you don't, you don't just, like, 
massage that bit mm. on the surface you you act you have to obviously massage from the vagina down towards that bit and then you're right. you're effectively just limbering it up really and you're getting right. it used to you're making it supple really mm. and making it used to uh the stretching that will be involved and the the theory is that that then um mitigates what can help um you know yeah prepare it uh, and and hopefully help stop tearing Wowza. So is it something is that, that you NCT? think... that NCT? That's NCT. Mm. Well, they de- they, it's definitely brought up in yeah. NCT classes. Is that something I, d- I don't know? I haven't even committed to taking the desk out of the front room to make way for the baby yet. I found, so. it, I found it's quite fun. Yeah, I'm sure. I it's, mean, it sounds uh, like... See, Seth and I'm a bit convinced about No, I, 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 <laughs> oh, 15 minutes as, over here. Yes, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> But maybe I've been... Do- maybe was, I was um, supposed to be doing It took me minutes. back to teenage fingering. Yeah. And, and was a real education in, in how wrong that was. <laughs> <laughs> As I said before, the due date is only about a week away from now. So inevitably, there's kind of lots of thought about the actual birth and preparing for that. So making sure we've got everything, mm. which includes putting together a hospital bag. Yeah. Um, which I've been quite... I mean, we've got most of the stuff, I think, for the hospital bag, I think. Um, Cocky. One thing that we were advised to bring and prove vital is like one of those little sort of sealed plastic cup or like bo- bottle things with a straw. Right, yeah. Because yeah. she's going to be assuming all kinds of positions and it's going to take a very long time. She's going to get very de- dehydrated. She's going to need a lot oh. of hydration. She's going to need a lot of water. But in hospital, all they're really going to give you those little plastic cups or little paper cups that don't hold much water and in all these weird positions aren't going to be very like usable. Good Especially one. if you are, I don't know if you're doing a pool birth, but if you're in a pool, you, even harder there, you have to be, yeah. she's going to be gripping onto everything, she can't hold it herself, you can't be feeding her water from a little cup. But what you can be doing is holding a big plastic sealed cup thing that she with a straw attached to it that won't come out and get crumpled, that she can be supping on. Because we did it in the pool, so she was in the pool and, and she was holding it in the pool and it was fine, she'd keep using it and it wasn't getting spilled everywhere. That's a good everywhere. one. Write that's that down, one. Use that one. I, I, it, it's on my list. Yeah. Actually, yeah. No. That's on your list already? Well, no. It's on my list now. <laughs> what was on my list was straws. Yes. No, it needs to be a sealed. But you're saying that an actual hearty, sealed yeah, hard like cup. Durable straw. No spillage. No spillage. And it's going to be, she's, of, you know, yeah. Because I've invested in the straws already. I feel committed to them. Even ben, though your face there pounds. said the things that you don't understand right now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, yeah, it's true. You're giving me a good piece of advice here and I'm failing to sort of take it on board fully. So. I'd say that the um, little battery-operated candles we, we brought probably didn't come in that handy. Okay. <laughs> why, what, why did that even Think in our list? heads we were going to create an ambiance in our birthing room. So you, so you were in a birthing room in the hospital? Yeah. Fortunately, and yeah. that was always the plan, or were you planning? Like... We, we, no, we were hoping that was what would happen, right, okay. and we managed to stick to it. There was Which one hospital? available when we got there, the Whittington. It was brilliant ah, in Archway. Is snap. that you're doing it? Yeah, that's where you do. Yeah, it's, yep. it was that's brilliant. They were amazing. The midnights were amazing. Got the Whittington. The the room was perfect, but yeah. So I think in our heads we were going to lay out these little candles, and I was going to put on this pl- six hour playlist. Pipes. Six hour. That's optimistic. It was. I know. Oh, little did like I know. We got through hour. that about three times. So those things slightly didn't go went by the wayside as when the moment came. Was it quite an active birth? What does that mean? Well, you know, because so this is I'm, I'm referring to my book again here, guys. <laughs> um, so the, the book, by the way, I should give it a shout out. It's called The Good Birth Companion, A Practical Guide to Having the Best Labour and Birth, which I think is quite a grand claim. Um, is the it by? Best by Nicole Croft, if you're interested. 
Um, but it's all about active birth. That that's supposed to be like that. That's the new thing, right? Mm. So there was this whole. Uh, there's this idea that the whole kind of um, labor and birth. Oh yeah, you don't lie on your back and all that. Yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah, like yeah. His, so you know, I, I've, it's stuck in our heads. Like if you think to you know TV shows and whatever films, mm. there's this image of a woman on her back with yeah. her legs in stirrups. All wrong. All wrong. Mm. Apparently, just one doctor said that's what you do, and everyone was all right. And did well, isn't that. Isn't it just because it's convenient be for the doctor? Yeah, it's that basically right. because they don't have to be. Yeah, we're squatting underneath. The best, yeah, with it. Come yes. Falling on so them. yeah, we did all that, and when you got, we found it in the birthing unit. There was all these incredible, uh, sort of yeah, well, just bizarre-looking pieces of equipment that you could use. That actually took a bit of working out how to use them, but it was like saddles and s- swings and. So a bit like a sex dungeon. I was going to say. Yeah, I've obviously I've not been to any sex dungeons ever, but yes, exactly like a sex dungeon. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we did all that. Yeah, it happened in the pool. In and out of the pool a bit. So the baby actually arrived in the pool. Mm. And did you do that thing where it kind of comes out and yeah. then just... You can't touch you it. You don't touch no, it. No, you, you can't. just wait for it really? to... No, yeah, because you don't want to shock it into taking a breath underwater. So you have to leave it to come up on its own. And it's obviously... You can hold it. It's been in fluid for the last... Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. Nine, ten months. So it knows... Yeah, so it, the baby's fine. And then Somebody... It... Sorry. I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> it just occurred to me that I was at a Christmas party a while ago and somebody asked me... Seriously, they said, how long is it that a baby can survive underwater after the birth? And I was like, well, like, until they kind of cut the umbilical cord, obviously. And they were convinced that like it was like four months after the baby had been born, <laughs> it, they could actually still survive underwater. <laughs> and I had to sort of, sort of tell them that was They've been the watching the Water Babies <laughs> film. No reason. Uh, well, he, he, so he swam out and then pretty much to the length of the umbilical cord. And... And then went, there was, yeah, back. she said there was a bit of a tug when he reached that point and then he kind of reached the surface and then they pulled him out. And then we did, yeah, all that talking of the active work stuff, you know, we, we did delayed cord clamping as long as we could, but then she needed to get out of the pool. Right. So then ultimately there comes a point where you have to just cut the cord and then did skin to skin, so which was then with me because she was being some you know whatever getting some stuff sorted out so i took my top off and lay on the bed and he lay on me on my naked chest and yeah all that kind of stuff which is quite beautiful that is and and like you know just other world you know outer bodily experience really so not something Shit, you can man, quite prepare yourself hard, for. Him. i'm so yeah I'm, I'm thinking about it now <laughs> well now what what yeah well no that's the thing I, I was saying before like i can't it's hard for me to how do you know how you're going to feel about something that you have kind of no sort of like how do I how no do I frame know? a reference mm. yeah mm. yeah so, so very, you're very hard to it's almost impossible to sort of um, anticipate what that's going to feel like I think yeah like I am kind of like not worried not dreading is the wrong word but sort of like what am I actually although I feel generally as I was saying I feel generally kind of on top of things I have this thing where it's like I know that's going to go out of the window as soon as I get mm. the message or what, you know, hopefully I'm there with Alice at the time, but there's a chance I'm at work or something like that. Um, and I know it's just going to, yeah, it's going to go crazy at that stage. That's the, that's the thing that's quite healthy actually to have that, to not be trying to plan too much, not to expect too much. As I was sort of saying earlier, I think it's about going with the flow a bit because yeah. it's a chaotic moment and you don't want to try and contain it within like some sort of framework you had planned because it's not helpful. Yeah, but you did. You had like a a kind of birth plan, Mm. but it was just you know. We hope that's how it was going to go, but 
it could well have not ended up being possible and that we didn't want to be heartbroken about that you know we just wanted it to be all right with whatever had to happen yeah so, the more you invest in, in it going a specific kind of way the greater the risk that you're going to be disappointed and don't want to throw disappointment into the mix because there's just too much else to be dealing with <laughs> I want to say thank you very much to Ben. Oh, pleasure. Thanks um, for having me. Good was, luck. <laughs> thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> um, this was, as I said before, the first time we met, but hopefully not the last time. Absolutely. But the next time we do meet, things for me at least will be very different. Um, they will. So, uh, because you will have a child. Yeah, if that wasn't say obvious. It. <laughs> because I will be a dad, a dad, a dad, a dad. Remember, if anybody wants to send us their thoughts on the podcast or has any questions or anything like that and wants to give us great feedback, the uh, Twitter handle is at GoodDadUgly. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.